Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson. If you're new around here, I'm so glad you're joining us. And if you've been with us for a while, welcome back. This podcast is full of biblical truth for any girl and any season, and we pray you'll feel right at home during our time together. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know today's episode is going to be a little different, but in a good way. I'm usually joined by my co-host, Meredith Brock, as well as a staff member or friend of the ministry we bring on for the message. But this time we're shaking things up and Meredith is going to give the teaching and we have a very special guest, friend and Proverbs 31 staff member, Lisa Allen, joining us. Welcome, Meredith and Lisa. Hey, Kaylee. So excited to be here. Hi, everyone. Glad, glad to join you today. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening and have been around for a while, you're probably familiar with Meredith's voice by now, but you might not know Lisa Allen very well. Lisa, will you tell us just a little bit? about who you are and what you do for Proverbs 31? I'd be happy to, Kaylee. Thanks so much. I'm the Executive Director of Ministry and Staff Development at Proverbs 31 Ministries. And what that really means is I get to lead great leaders. So I lead um, First Five, OBS, uh, She Speaks, Social Media. So I I get to work with fantastic teams of people. You do a lot. And I enjoy every second (laughs) of it. Um, One of the things, though, that I think you guys should know about Lisa Allen and me is that we share an office. Yes, we do. And we're 100% totally opposite. For and sure. I think that's what makes us like some of the closest friends. She's one of my dearest friends, um, has been for quite a few years now. And you're probably wondering, what exactly do I mean by polar opposites? Um, but we're sitting here right now recording this podcast, and I think she has 150 different accessories <laughs> well, on her body duh. somewhere. <laughs> and at one point, we had to ask her to take all the bracelets off. That's like, right. just remove so we remove have a We have a little pile in the middle of the table. It's like a shrine, folks. It's a small shrine to Lisa Allen's accessorizing. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I might be wearing one accessory on a good day, on a really good day. (laughs) Also, big difference between Lisa Allen and I. On the weekend... You will likely find Lisa Allen at the mall, probably shopping for some beautiful gold um, shoes. Yes, gold shoes. Yes. There's mm-hmm. definitely gold involved somewhere. <laughs> You'll find me in the backyard, probably with a, um, like a lawnmower, maybe yes. power tools, something yes. like that. They don't let, my husband doesn't let me anywhere near power tools, you know, for sure. And I do have the spiritual gift of accessorizing. So I, You're great I totally it. get that. <laughs> now, but all kidding aside, Meredith, one of the things is I literally said to Lisa Turkers, the greatest thing she ever did was put us together because. Yes. I, totally I, I call you one of my dearest friends, and you've helped me through so many different ministry situations, personal situations. So, yes, we're very different, but I enjoy spending time with you uh, more I, than you know. I feel the same way, and I'm excited to be here today with you and with Kaylee. Yeah. Well, Meredith, as we transition into your teaching, I just want to take a second and remind our listeners of why we do what we do at Proverbs 31. We want to help women in all seasons of life know the truth of God's Word and live out that truth, because when you do, it changes everything. The reason we highlight that tagline in every episode is because it really is our heart. I love that our tagline applies to our mission as a ministry, but also the heart of our ministry internally. Meredith, I know you're, the teaching that you're giving is something that you've processed with me in that shared office space and something that you've processed with your team as well. I can't wait to hear it. 
You're right, Lisa. And we really do care just as much about the personal development of our staff members as much as their performance. And for me specifically, this last year has brought lots of internal tests of my faith, as well as a consistent challenge to be obedient, no matter what the cost and humble no matter what others may be thinking of me and my obedience. One of the key passages I've been coming back to in this season is 1 Samuel 24. And before we jump into it, I want to give it just a little context. There are two main characters in this passage, David and Saul. Saul is the current king of Israel, and David is a warrior who everyone loves and who has been promised the kingship, but Saul's still currently the king. And they have like this super weird history. Saul liked David, then he hated David, then he liked him, then he hated him again. It's just kind of weird, to be quite honest. And a key (laughs) dynamic in all of this is that Saul has become super paranoid. And he thinks everyone loves David more than him, which honestly might be true. And so now, when we get to 1 Samuel 24, Saul is chasing David around the countryside with his army and they're trying to kill him. And while David's been running for his life, a bunch of dudes with less than ideal pasts have rallied around David and have called him their leader. And they believe in him. And they have become, in essence, his people. Mm-hmm. Now, to take this a little closer to home, to bring it into modern day, I want us to make a little comparison. Now, this is a very imperfect comparison, guys, so don't take it too far here, okay? But it may help us grasp the tension in the story just a little bit better. So I want you to imagine right now, close your eyes, but don't close them if you're driving because that would be bad. Uh, Close your eyes and imagine yourself back in high school. No. Terrifying. Oh, gosh. I know, right? Ugh. Are you sweating as much as I am? I yeah. think my heart just started beating faster. Thanks My for mouth that. is dry. I'm thinking about um, white eyeshadow right, right. now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the white eyeshadow. Oh, oh, it's bad. Help us. Help yes. us. Okay, and now. skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. For the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they're second time around. I'm I loving know. them. I second do. time around. I okay. Do. All right. Now, okay, you're back in high school, right? Uh-huh. Take yourself there. Mm. I want you to imagine that girl. You know. The one who has it all together, the popular one who everyone tries to be friends with, but secretly, actually, no one really likes her. And somehow, she's gotten all this power and all these people who flock to her. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls? Yes. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. I want you to think of Regina. You know Regina. In fact, I want us to call her that. In this story. Okay. Now, imagine that Regina has set her targets on you. And she thinks you are trying to rob her of her popularity and her power. And so now she's going to make your life miserable. And she has an entire army of girls who want to help her do it. So every day, Regina and her army wander the high school halls, threatening your sanity. You never know what corner they might pop up around, but you're always on high alert, right? You have a little posse of people, too. They believe in you, too. But let's be honest. They aren't super powerful in the high school scene. They're the misfits, the outcasts, the weirdos. Mm -hmm. But they believe in you for some reason, and they want to see you overthrow Regina. Let's take down Regina. We all want to see that. We all want to see that. Okay, so you get the picture. There's this weird tension um, in the room, and you want to see justice served. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel 
24, 1 through 8, and I'm going to read the scriptures to you directly, okay? So hang with me. Think a little bit about Regina. Think a little bit about you while I talk about this scenario. So hang with me. 1 Samuel 24, verse 1. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. So then David crept up unnoticed and cut off off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Verse 8. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My Lord the King. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. so now let's play this out real quick in that high school scene, shall we? Okay, here we are. You walk around the corner in the high school to find Regina. But not just Regina. Regina has got her skirt tucked into her underwear, y'all know. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, it's happening. It is happening. (laughs) Then to boot, you've got your phone out and you are in the perfect position to take a picture. And so you do it. How could you how could you resist? Right. You take the picture. Love it. And you come back to your crew and they're all like, Yeah, girl, you did it. Take take the picture. Text it to everybody in the school. Post it on Facebook and Instagram and let's take Regina down. Yeah. This is your moment. Right? You can feel it. The Rocky theme song is Love playing it. in your head. Yes. You can taste the revenge and you can feel the crown on your head, right? After you take the picture, something strange happens in your heart. You know, deep down, you shouldn't do what your people are telling you to do. Mm. But you're kind of scared to not do it, right? Right. I mean, you actually want to be the queen. You Mm want to be the one in Mm -hmm. control and in power in your Mm -hmm. high school, right? Yeah. And if you don't do what your crew of people are telling you to do, I mean, what will they say about you? Mm. Will they leave you? Will you lose all your followers? Right? Not only do you feel like you shouldn't have taken the picture now, but you feel this other nudge in your heart to actually go and say sorry to Regina for taking the picture. Mm. Uh, And then to make yourself so vulnerable to her and submit to her and acknowledge her as the appointed leader of your high school. Mm. What? Whoa, that stings a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm slightly horrified just thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sweating because, again. Yeah, right. Here we are again, <laughs> sweating. Because you're handing so much power over to someone that maybe you don't understand mm-hmm. why they're in that place. 
and you feel like you should be in that place. Or at least you should have some kind of revenge or retribution, right? For the way that they've treated you, you know? Um, but all jokes aside, really, if we look at this, David's in a really, really hard spot, right? I want you to go back to verse four really quick. I'm going to read it to you. It says, he's, he has, he sees Saul in the cave and the men say to him, the guys that are with him, his people say to him, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give you your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So this is the day. This is the day the Lord spoke of. I mean, you caught her, right? You caught Regina with her skirt in her underwear. And you have the opportunity to take things into your own hands. This is when David cuts the rope. Or maybe this is when you take the picture. This could be many different actions that you could take in your life, right? Mm-hmm. This is that moment of temptation. So, And you can taste the victory. And I can imagine in this moment, I kind of play it out. I don't know what happens in David's mind, but this is what I can imagine happens very quickly in his mind. He's creeping up on Saul, right? So here you are, creeping, crawling on his belly in the cave. And he's thinking, should I do this? Should I take revenge on this man? Is this God delivering him into my hands? Man, I'm so tired of running and hiding. What if I don't kill him? And all these men at the back of the cave, they leave me. I mean, I am supposed to be the king one day, right? Hmm. And so he acts. But then something really important shifts between verses 4 and verses 5. And I wish we could see what happened internally for David. Right. I mean, one minute he's creeping up on Saul, right? I mean, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. There we are. We're creeping up. We're creeping. And then verse 5 happens. So let's really quick, let's read verses 4 through 5. After David has done this moment, this thing, where we're not really sure, was it okay, was it not? We don't Mm -hmm. really know. Mm -hmm. But something changes between verses 4 and 5. So let me read verse 4, read verses 5 through eight again. Afterward, so he's cut the rope. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of the rope. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed or lift my hand against him. For he is the, he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men And did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave, called out to Saul, my Lord, the king. When when Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself. We can see that in this moment, David wrestled well internally and then acted and was obedient to what God had told him to the point of risking his life and his reputation. And I believe personally, this is the moment that sets David apart from so many others in scripture. Mm -hmm. At first he listened to those external voices, the friends. Mm -hmm. There was probably guys in that group that he really trusted. Mm -hmm. They were wise. Mm -hmm. He listened, I don't know, maybe for you, it's social media. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your family, but it's those external voices that aren't God. And we all goof up. We all do it every once in a while. No one does it right all the time. But in the end, 
David did what he knew God was telling him to do. And just just real interesting point here that I found as I've studied the scripture. I couldn't find anywhere in scripture that what those men told David that the Lord had told him mm. was actually the promise God ever made to David. Wow. I mean, let's go back and read it. It says, I will give you. This is the actual promise. I just want us to read it word for word. This was what these men were telling David that God had told him. They said to him, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. That's nowhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. God never told David that he would give him his enemy to do whatever he wished with. You know, I mean, and that blows my mind. Isn't that how we are? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes external voices can be so misleading of God's true words Mm -hmm. and his true promise to us. So I don't know if David remembered the promise God gave him in that moment. And he said, this is not my promise. This is not how this is going to go down. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that nudge in his heart was so strong, he couldn't deny it. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But what we do know is what he does in verses 5 through 8. First, really happens in verse 6. He silences those exterior voices. So let me read verse 6 to you. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. So step one, he silenced those exterior voices. And then he acts in obedience immediately, no matter the cost of his pride or his position. Let me say that again, because I think it's so important that we absorb that. After he silenced the voices... He then acts in obedience immediately, no matter the cost to his pride or to his position. So let's, let's see how he did that. In verse 8, it says, Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My Lord the King. When Saul looked back behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Face to the ground in front of an army of men whose sole purpose in that moment was to find him and kill him. Right. Whoa. Mm. Put his face to the ground. Perfect position to remove that cute little head that David had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chop it right off, right? Mm -hmm. So he puts his face to the ground. And then, wait a minute, it gets worse, y'all. He's got his face to the ground in front of men who want to kill him. And behind him, he has an army of men that are terribly disappointed in him. Mm -hmm. Because to them, they feel like, well, thanks, David. You just blew our chance. There it went. All gone now. You know, here here we are. Either the, the men, they have two choices at this point. Either one, they're about to die. Like those thousands, remember early on, Mm -hmm. I think it said 3,000, 3,000 soldiers were there. They could kill him in that moment, finish, or their second option is, oh, cool. Yeah, sweet. We get to run in the desert for who knows how much longer uh, from these men who want to kill us. Those are our options here, David. Good job, leader. Great job. Well done. Round of applause, right? Mm -hmm. And so David is in this moment, has death in front of him 
and disappointment behind him. But he has obedience in his heart Mm -hmm. and a commitment to God's promise placed on him. And here's where I want us to stop. We could rush on and see what happens to David and his men, but instead I just want us to stop right there and all of us pause and ask ourselves two things. First, do I need to silence some voices? Hmm. Is it time? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you who it is or even what it is. There's lots of voices in our lives. Hmm. Uh, But God will tell you if you need to silence some voices. Hmm. And the second is what action do I need to take to be fully obedient Hmm. to what God has called me to? I want us to go back to the phrase I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is obedient no matter what the cost and humble no matter what others may think of me and my obedience to God. Here's one thing that I have learned in my short 37 years of life. (laughs) Um, People will come and go. Hmm. You know, I, I bet most of you probably haven't stayed in touch with more than five people from high school. Or your first job, or your old neighborhood, or probably even college. Hmm. Don't live for the approval or even according to their advice to you. You'll never be able to please them all the time or even really make them like you. Right. And this sounds so simple, but you can please God Hmm. by simply obeying him. And that will last all of eternity. Your obedience to him is eternal. Hmm. David knew that in this moment. And he did the hard thing. He risked his life, his reputation, his position, what others thought of him. He was willing to risk it all in order to be obedient to his God. Hmm. Hmm. He silenced the exterior voices and humbled himself to be obedient. Now, later in life, let's be honest, David had some other struggles and we won't go into that later. But I do think that this played a part even in his story later on Mm -hmm. and his his struggle later with obedience to what God was telling him to do. Mm. All I know today, though, is that I want to be a woman who is obedient no matter what the cost and humble no matter what others may think of me Mm. and my obedience to what God has called me to. Wow. Well, Meredith, um, I know that you've taught our staff um, some version of this before, and I think it's it's really refreshing to hear it again. And you've taught before on the humility portion of it, but a, not a whole lot on the obedience. So I think it was really great, really fresh. Um, I can't wait for the rest of our staff to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, to know, I even know right now that people who are listening are probably being challenged. I know that I'm challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, why don't you tell us what you liked about it and what stuck up to you the most? Well, so much. I ha- I've been just writing uh, furiously as you're, as you're teaching Meredith. So thank you so much. I would say um, one of the phrases you, you said is death in front of him, disappointment behind him, but obedience to God in his heart. And um, the Lord challenges me consistently. Am I as pleased when God alone is the one mm. pleased with me? So you good. know, like sometimes you hit your, your pillow at night and there's not another person that understands why you've done what you've done That's except the for the Lord. And God is really challenging me. Is that enough? 
Yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. I confess to you guys, I'd rather please the people that are right in front of me sometimes mm-hmm. than, mm-hmm. than God himself. So mm-hmm. that really, thank you for challenging me on immediate obedience. I just got off the phone with a, another ministry leader. And one of the questions we were asking about a situation is what do we call success? And, you know, the Lord has been challenging me that sometimes success is simply obedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look quite as um, slick and, uh, um, and glossy shiny. for the world, yeah. but that's really what success yeah. is in our lives is obedience. And you also talked about immediate obedience, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that, that David did um, showed immediate obedience. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I can even say just in the, in what the Lord has taught me through this, cause I really have come back to this section of scripture mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again over the last year, um, And it really comes down to that, Lisa. I mean, I can look back Mm -hmm. on very specific moments of the journey that the Lord has brought me on in the Mm -hmm. last year. And I knew in my heart what what God was calling me to do. But I knew that when I did it, I was going to disappoint so many people. And I wasn't going to be what they wanted me to be. And I wasn't going to fulfill all that they thought I should fulfill. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not only just as a ministry leader here at Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. but even in some of my friendships sure. um, that have been hard mm-hmm. to be able to say, I wish that I could be that kind of friend for you right now, mm-hmm. but I can't like there are that this is the Lord's calling me to place all my energy and all my time in mm-hmm. this area, in this season of wow. my life. And I have to be okay yeah. with even disappointing mm-hmm. my friends yeah. who I love dearly. You know, um, and that's hard. I I yeah. really don't like disappointing people. One no. of the things the Lord has challenged me with is this simple phrase, and and I would I don't recommend you using it at your next backyard barbecue. <laughs> but when you have to deal with a situation, is I'm willing to disappoint you in order to obey God. Yeah, so you good. know, it's that willingness mm-hmm. to understand that it's not that people aren't important, but it's God's more important, and He has yes. a pathway yep. to something right. that through that obedience. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think something too that isn't pointed out in scripture, but if I put myself in David's shoes where you said the line, um, death before him and disobedience or disappointment disappointment behind him, um, but he was obedient in the moment, but the Bible doesn't say that because he was obedient, his heart was at peace. Right. And I just feel like, you know, if we're in David's shoes, like if you see death in front of you and disappointment behind you, you're going to feel probably unrest. And I think that that's kind of some kind of cliche term, um, that, the Christian community believes is that mm. when you obey God, it's all going to work out and you're going to be rainbows and unicorns. Oh, so and it's right. not rainbows and unicorns. Especially for younger oh people, goodness. you know, as we really start to learn what it looks like to step out in faith, it's very unsure, like mm-hmm. disappointing your friends. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you had other days doing whatever you said that you were going to do because you had to disappoint them that your, your heart felt like, hmm. Ugh, why can't I hang out with them? Of Why course. did I tell them yeah. that? Of course. You know? And of course. even David probably thinking, well, I'm either going to be rejected or I'm going to die right now. Mm-hmm. But he was obedient. And I think that that is just really something to note is that obedience does not equal peace. Oh, that's yeah. good. But it, is, but it is the right thing to do. And right. God is going to take care of it. Eternal. Mm-hmm. It's eternal. It's right. eternal. I think that's the thing that I, for me personally, has helped me through this season is it, obedience is eternal. Like that choice mm. to choose God, to choose wow. his calling, mm-hmm. his voice in my life, mm-hmm. his word will last far longer than the approval of that army 
behind me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or that fleeting moment of, ha, I got her, yeah. Regina, yes. you know, like how many times have I had yes. that moment where I'm like, I want to post it. I want to post that picture. Uh-huh. And I yes. just want to, I just want to get Regina back, uh-huh. you know, but that moment, it only lasts a second. And that character mm-hmm. that you're developing, that habit of obedience to God, mm-hmm. that's eternal. That lasts Good. forever. Forever. That's so good. Uh, Meredith, one of the things too that I thought about that you said a couple of different times when you read the scripture um, was I'm deeply touched by his reverence for the anointed. Mm-hmm. Then, it, wow. you know, that, like think about that if we really rehearsed the anointed authorities in our lives. Wow. Um, and do we have that deep reverence where how many times did he say in that passage, far be it for me oh. that I should raise a hand against the Lord's wow. anointed. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, scripture's cleared. We have a lot of anointed people are not anointed offices and positions in our lives that I'm confessing. I don't know that I show that kind Mm -hmm. of that's reverence. Well, and I think it's hard. I mean, that's that y'all. I mean, that is a whole nother podcast (laughs) to talk about what it means to really, to trust and respect those that Mm -hmm. God has placed over you. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I don't know that there's another Mm -hmm. area that is a direct correlation with how much you trust the Lord. Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. You know, to say, oh my gosh, this person has so much authority over me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to allow the Lord to work in and through them for my best. Yes. Ooh, that stings a little bit. It's scary. I'm totally, I was really convicted when I heard that. So that's really good. Really so good. Yeah. We can talk about politics, but we can also talk about those young girls who might be in high school or who have, or maybe you're the mother of someone in high school. And I wish that I had this message a long time ago, you know, you put yourself back in the high school shoes. White eyeshadow is fun to talk about, but (laughs) the trials that you go through at that age aren't super fun to to talk about. But I think what I got from this message in relation to growing up and just being really young and navigating what it looks like is that eternity is so much better than to be cool right now. Yeah. And you know, for, if you're a mom, maybe Maybe you and your daughter need to have a good listen to this Mm, before um, the school year lets out or before Mm -hmm. school starts. Whenever you're listening to this, it might just be good to kind of get your mind straight, you know, in regards to who the Lord is developing you to be. Sure. Sure. So good. Uh, One of the things, too, that I wrote down is I love you use the word posse. And (laughs) I I wrote down ponder your posse, Mm. you know, because sometimes uh, we we really have to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with the right Mm -hmm. people. And um, sometimes the people we surround ourselves with, even if they love Jesus, they kind of want to take up the cause of, yeah, we hate Regina too. Right. And oh my so gosh, there's yes. a delicate balance yes. between, you know, I don't want a best friend who's going to be like, well, Lisa, you should, you should forgive and mm-hmm. submit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. there is a process yeah. when you're hurting, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. but, but we need to surround ourselves with the kind of people that at some point are just going to say, you know, are we being honoring? Are, yeah. are we being, are, have we forgiven that person? Uh-huh. Are, are, you know, what's the level, what's God saying to you right, right. now? Mm-hmm. And, and to that, pull that best out in right. us. You know, Lisa, I went on a, this is going to sound so like in the weeds, down low level on the ground, mm. but I was going, I was wrestling in my heart. I found myself wrestling in my heart a few months ago. Um, and really felt like the Lord was like, this sounds so y'all, I'm about to sound like a high school girl. And yet I'm a 37 year old woman with two (laughs) children. Um, but I legitimately had to go through my social media and stop following a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not that those people were bad. They really weren't bad at all. Actually what they were saying and posting was really, really good. Mm. 
but mm-hmm. it was what it was doing in my heart. Oh, so yeah. that I found myself allowing those to be exterior voices. Right. Mm-hmm. That they were lovely yeah. voices for where those people were at, but I knew it was not good for me to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it was making me kind of hard and cynical and mm-hmm. that's not who I am. That's not mm-hmm. who I want to be. And so I went on a rampage. Mm-hmm. I so went good. through and unfollowed a bunch of people. Now I may be in a better position in my heart in a couple months where I can go back and re-engage with right. some of those conversations. But I knew, wow, I really need to quiet some voices. Mm. I've got right. too many voices at the table right now. Mm. And I really just need to hear the Lord's oh, voice. That's so good because simply that mindless numbing scrolling, oh, yes. even if they're not mm-hmm. taking you to a bad place, right. they, they honestly can replace mm-hmm. um, a significant chunk and the of voice, time yeah. with God. And the voice you know, of God. For sure. Sure. You find yourself hearing that instead of sitting down and hearing the voice of God, yeah. you know, sure. at least for sure. me, which I am slightly embarrassed to admit. I do the but, same thing. Yeah. I've done the same thing. It's because I can't, I'm, I can't be trusted right. with where it's going to take my heart. That's part right. of guarding your heart, right? Mm-hmm. you know, because so everything flows out of your heart. So I see that as part of guarding your heart right. in a really healthy way. Right. I'm even right yeah. now in this moment thinking to myself, just all just laying it out there. Oh my gosh, people are going to find out that I unfollowed them. And they're going to be so disappointed in me. <gasps> what? Wait, there it is. We're standing back at the cave, oh, folks. We are. <laughs> We're standing back at the cave. And I just, I have to reaffirm, like, yeah. my commitment to the Lord in this season is to hear him mm-hmm. and him alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Amen. whether, no matter how many people I disappoint, yeah. or even no matter how many people mm-hmm. I embarrass myself in front of. Uh, well, and they're probably not thinking about us anyway. I know, you know right? right? No. Well, because I'm so interesting. <laughs> not true. Not true. You know, um, one of the things I wrote down too was when, when I was talking about pondering authority. And um, I actually had a situation where I was kind of frustrated with the way somebody was treating me. And so I started reading this uh, book recently, and it talks about the um, authority and obedience and submission to God and everything and how it reflects on the way we submit mm-hmm. to the people that we're in relationship with. And so um, I started writing down everybody that had authority over me in my life. Ooh. And one of the things that really surprised me that I was so convicted of is I was doing something about with my husband um, kind of being a little snarky about something no. that w- yeah, I know shocking I know that's really hard <laughs> to believe but <laughs> yes true story um really kind of snarky and it was identical to what this person was doing to me in a completely different place oh, wow. but it was because I went through authority and mm. I thought oh I couldn't believe this would happen over here and yet mm. I was guilty of it wow. in another place so mm. it really challenged me to ponder my authority and the other thing I thought was so interesting is there's a difference between um, submission and obedience. So there's two acts when you are obeying. You're obeying and you're submitting to to God. Yeah. And so obedience is an action, but submission is an attitude. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. I was like, so you can do one without the other. Yeah. Like you can have the right attitude, but not actually obey. Right. Oh, or you can submit. You know, but you know, it, but it might get confusing. I think it's all, it's really is all about the posture of your heart. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, So true. just like you said. So as we wrap up, I want to go back and recap those two points that you made. Mm. One, do I need to silence some voices? Mm. And two, what action do I need to take right now to be obedient? Um, Your message was great, Meredith. I know that you probably could have gone on for a long time, (laughs) but um, great discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And um, as we wrap up, I do, I want to go back and remind our listeners of all the good things that we cover here. Mm. These messages are 
good. I mean, today we just talked about obedience, uh, but we've talked about forgiveness, perfection, measuring up, anxiety. I don't really have a favorite one, but I know that all of them can speak to a specific area that I'm struggling with and I can go back and listen to anytime. So good. And one of the things that we want to remind our listeners is to share your feedback with us. Um, If you like what you're hearing, would you write a review on iTunes? We would be so grateful. Uh, We know that people really pay attention to reviews and that could be the difference in someone listening to the good truth on this podcast or not. So if you could do that for us, we would love that. Yeah, that's right, Lisa. And if you're listening to Meredith's message on obedience and humility, and you know that you might be tempted to get on social media, you know, and <laughs> you know, and then you'll be right back in that spot yep. where you want to let those external voices control, um, you know, the way that your obedience to the Lord. Maybe it's a good time to start following Proverbs on social media so, and give true. a couple of other people a little unfollow here. <laughs> uh, but we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at Proverbs Thirty One Ministries. And one of the things that we do on social media is we use it as a ministry tool, guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day, several times a day, we're on there with scripture, with relevant truth. Like that's, that applies to what, you're going through in your life right now. Mm -hmm. So great, great stuff for you to follow. And that's, I'll be honest, that's what we try to do is Mm -hmm. be the exterior voice Mm -hmm. in the life um, of all the women. We get the privilege Mm -hmm. of serving. We want to be the exterior voice that points you back to God's voice, to his word and to his scripture. And what a privilege that is that you let us into your life Mm -hmm. um, to do that every day. Right, right. For sure. All right, guys, it's time to go. Thank you, Meredith, for your teaching. Lisa. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks it was, so it was much so for having yes. me, everybody. It was great. <laughs> yeah, and to our listeners, thank you for sticking around to the end. Our mission is to help you know the truth and live the truth because when you do, it changes everything. We'll see you next time. <laughs>